Hey, it's the First Issue Club Podcast. We're here back again. We are your comic book podcast where each and every week we read number one comics. We read number ones because they're the best way to enter into the comic book conversation. Oh yeah, baby. Here we are again. We got Mike D, we got Greg, and me, Budget King. This week, we're covering Campisi, The Dragon Incident. It's a dragon book. It's a mafia book. It's by the Kaiju Score Guy book. Book. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, so we'll get into that. And we also got Defenders by Al Ewing. And we got a lot of news. That's another thing that we do here. Do they call this the dog days of summer, the season that we're in right now? Yeah. We think we're in the dog days of summer. It's the, it's the no man's land of sports, right? The Olympics are done. Mm-hmm. Preseason football isn't anywhere. Baseball is in like the nobody cares mode. And it's hot as hell. Yeah. But we got the news. Sports doesn't have the news, but we do. There was a ton of news this week for comic books. <laughs> oh, it's insanity. Almost too much news. <laughs> there is so much. Yeah, so much news. Are you, so you're just saying nerds thrive in the dog days. <laughs> well, this is our time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, this is this is where we flourish. Okay, everybody else is going to sleep, and we we arise like the zombies in the night. So uh, let's get into this. Let's get into news stuff. Perfect. For the big for the big one, I want to do a little setup to show how big this story is. Oh, so this is our front page right above the fold. Yes. Let me get my glove on for this wind up you're about to do. Stop the presses. We're reprinting the front page. Give me pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> Okay, so I get a call uh, in the afternoon one uh, day last week. I think it was last week, maybe early this week, doesn't matter. And it's my uncle. And he says, hey, you know what? Uh, I think things have calmed down enough. It's time we probably should bury your mom, which is almost a year year later (laughs) after she's passed. We're going to have a Catholic funeral. Could you speak at it? And I was like, oh, let me think about that. And he goes, while you're thinking, I want to tell you something. When people ask me what I do now, you know, I was a consultant. I tell them I'm an author. I started this thing called a Substack. I have 17 subscribers. I'm going to give you a free subscription. I want you to check it out. My uncle. Your uncle was networking. <laughs> he used uh, time to, tell, to plan my mom's funeral for an advertisement for Substack. For Substack. <laughs> for, more specifically, for his Substack. <laughs> Uh, that's how prolific Substack is, is that it even weaseled its way into ad space in that conversation. If you are a casual comic book fan, you would have thought Substack appeared out of the blue one night and descended upon you the following morning and fucked up your entire world. <laughs> so one of the hottest, probably the hottest news take of the uh, of the week mm-hmm. is that James... Tunyon, yep. Tunyon, uh, is going to essentially launch a comic book career on Substack, and mm-hmm. he's going to keep his independence, but he is no longer going to be writing Batman. Now, there's a lot of little stuff in between that that I want to get into, Sure, but that would be the the excerpt of, right. of the news hit, so essentially. The, so, the, yeah, so the clarification there is he's leaving Batman at 116, or 117, he's leaving Joker in April... And then he's taking a break from Marvel and DC stuff for the foreseeable future. And he put out a little newsletter and said he may go back to it one day, but for right now, 
it it's better for his schedule. It's better for his mindset to step away from that. So a lot of people found out what Substack was this oh, week. Oh, too many people did. <laughs> Which it's is... almost like they they found out that aliens existed. Yeah. They, the the panic from it all was a little much. They're like, wait, people are paying to get spam email? <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm so lost on Substack. It is like kind of a Patreon-esque setup mm-hmm. where you have a favorite writer like we all do in comic books and you pay whatever monthly fee they dictate to get like access to their uh, music content. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exclusive content. To your email. Right, which will probably go right to my junk folder. <laughs> You'll never even get it. Mm-mm. So a lot of people don't necessarily use it that much. I guess because in Tianyin's defense, when he sent out a second newsletter to be like, hey, uh, people don't know what Substack is. There's actually a bunch of stuff on there. We found out that uh, Hickman and Teenie Howard have a whole kind of badass sounding comic book that they've been releasing on Substack. Yep. And they're like building this whole world behind it. And it's like going to be this huge thing. Rom V has one Mm -hmm. too. And so he was like, a lot of people are doing this. So, okay. He proved that it was a thing. I'm I'm really nervous. I I think this is going to be kind of a flash in the pan moment for Substack and comic book writers specifically. Because uh, James Tunyon was like, we're really excited to do comic books on Substack. We don't know how we're going to do them, though. We don't know how you're going to read them. We're, we're excited to find that out. That's Which what the PR guy told him to say. kick in the balls. Because <laughs> <laughs> if he just gives me like three JPEGs and tells me to figure it out, I might as well just go read an AWA which mean, book. Which means they weren't able to close the deal with Comixology to integrate into... Uh, right. They're going to bring back Flash. Right. The, the other thing about... So, one, I think... It's cool that he's going to go the independent career. One one of the things that he said was like, I got something that's killing the children. I have uh, the conspiracy book that's like really popping off. Department of Truth. Truth. I have um, Nice House on the Lake, which is like blowing up, going to still keep that on DC. And I have these movie deals. I'm making it. Like, I, I made it, baby. I walk my ass to Williamsburg. I write <laughs> and I got, I got money. <laughs> and then they says... DC says to me, I got a job for you. You could helm Batman for the future. And he says, there was an even better, the best offer he's seen of a lifetime, go do his own thing on Substack. Yeah. Yeah. And my thing is, is like totally fine that like, that's going to be what you do at Substack. But like weird flex to be like, I'm money man industry. And then talk to me about like your job offers. Like, just don't write, just be like, I'm excited about Substack. I don't need to know what the offer was <laughs> between the two. Yeah, don't give me a hard number. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of a wave, at least in the comic book industry, towards Substack specifically because the ownership rights work so exclusively with them, right? Bingo. That would work however you published your blog in any way, right? Mm-hmm. But Substack at least gives people a platform where they are starting to know there's a lot of comic book people here, mm-hmm. so a comic book fan might start there or start looking there more often. So it's it's garnering some respect that way. Right. But I, I think that sort of wind of change is kind of a flex, not just for him making more money, but the idea that... 
oh, creative me. people who have traditionally been maybe abused by the big two by not getting intellectual property rights can now do everything they want to do, make buku bucks mm-hmm. at Substack. Now you have to cut your teeth kind of other places to become a name. Right. But once you reach that point, get I that mean, get that fat ass contract. It makes sense business wise because let's focus on James Tunyon. He has created four or five new characters in his short Batman run already. Mm-hmm. And he has no say on what happens to those characters. And they're insanely popular already. And so he's not making money off of them through other means. So I would be oh, like, fuck the, this, I'm out of here. The hot takes of like, he's not writing Batman anymore, I'm mad at him. I'm like, that I don't care about. Because he's he actually, I love that he's like, I like my independent stuff. That's really what like gets me going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to dedicate myself to that and really like stick to that. That's cool. The thing that I'm like, eh, is like, now you're Substack comic guy, like CEO, mm-hmm. yeah. where I'm just like, let's see if this works out for right. you. Like, it's kind of cool, but like digital comics just haven't quite like made the splash that they need to. Like Panel Syndicate, which we love, I think one comic book <laughs> publisher of the year for us in 2020 <laughs> uh, is like... The crazy year of 2020. <laughs> their model is like, you know, pay what you want. Uh, and then eventually sell the book to Image and have it printed. <laughs> yeah. Well, this isn't even digital comic ready. Substack isn't. Y- yeah, I mean, there's like no digital reader for so, it. So I mean, you you're could just releasing images in your newsletter. Like you P- scroll down I, and I, read them. I assume it's PDF. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so there would be no like dynamic reader. No. So you'd have to be already a person who understands how to read PDFs. On you'd be way into it. You'd have to read it on your desktop. There's no way to read this on your phone and enjoy it <laughs> if you're in doing it for comic books. They gave him such a big contract they couldn't figure out the software to actually implement the thing he was going to do. <laughs> I mean, will they figure out eventually? If they have to. I mean, if people start leaving, they'll have to figure it out, but... Sitting down at a desktop computer (laughs) sounds ridiculous to me (laughs) to be able to do this. To read my comic books. I would think it would need to be formatted for a mobile phone to make sense. No, it's good. I think they're going to... They want to, but they ultimately want to print them, which he alluded to. I've like, not only is Substack Substack paying me to Mm -hmm. stay here and write comics exclusively through Substack, but I also get my own printing rights for it, which means I can take them elsewhere, get paid double for them by having them printed. Right. That was done on Substack's part because that's, kind of. that's where uh-huh. he's going to make all the money. He's going to make yeah. so much fucking money off of that. Are you kidding me? I think so. Yeah, I mean, like to have some, I mean, we see it all the time, but it's even like digital stuff that's just comicsology mm-hmm. and then it gets printed sells well. Yeah. Um, it's a good test pilot to see if your comic book is worth it to just put it in digital form and then, oh, lo and behold, people are going to buy it. So uh, good on him. I, I think we were big fans of him. So I think he, right. I, I wish him all the success in the world. I'm not mad that he's leaving Batman. I kind of get it. I'm not going to be sold on like Substack being like the new future of comics yet, but mm-hmm. maybe egg on my face. My first instinct was, man, the balls it takes to walk away from Batman. That's like yeah. so many people's dream gig. And then to have it be fucking awesome at it and then be like, that chapter is behind me. Yeah. It's just wild. He's like, me. you know what? I'm good. But good for him. And I, I, I could see it being a thing that's easier to walk away from when you've come to it 
slayed it for over a year, mm-hmm. <laughs> like introduced so many popular characters, and then you're not maybe seeing the cutback that he's getting from something is killing the children, but they're selling the same amount of issues. Right. That's got to be frustrating. And he also, he must be really loving what they're going to be doing with the show. Yeah. Something is killing the children. Like he, Money is not an issue for him right now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he has like the Midas touch. Every book he's written is everyone's just like, hey, we can make this into a TV show if you'd like. And he's just rolling in it. I think money does make a difference for him though, because he, emphasize taking the contract that was the better deal right i'm just saying but he's in the position where he can make that call yes like he had lots of money before the sub stack i don't know how much money he had more money than me which is 85 dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so he had enough money to make make this decision where yeah it's a risky move but he still has his books on image his tv deals through image and he still has a book on dc like <laughs> it's not really jumping off a cliff with your eyes closed he better be putting this money into crypto Crypto. Just like... Yeah. Get some Dogecoin there. <laughs> make his money, make some money. I still have the hard time, as difficult time as a collector saying I'm going to invest so much money into something monthly that I don't like own an item. And I think that's yeah. going to continue to be for me. I don't want to be like left out of the conversation. Collecting is half the experience of comic books. But yeah, yes. it certainly Re- is. Reading is only one half. Yeah. Here, here, so, here's what I don't want to happen. I, I hate to say that, but it's true. Yeah. It really is. It's like baseball cards. Like It's fun just to hold them and put them in boxes and see them every day when you walk into a have, room. Like That's my shit. stuff. Yeah. Middle class America wants to own shit like that. Mm-hmm. And they aren't quite at the level of wanting to just like read it digitally and not have the physical thing. Sure. Um, so my worry is I don't want to pay seven bucks a month and then whatever creator I subscribe to is like super lazy on putting out content. I'm just like, well, there's seven bucks kind of fucking wasted. Yeah. I'd hate to see somebody spend that money and then not have spent it on our Patreon where consistently (laughs) they get a new episode every week. You get almost two episodes a week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With all the extra shit that we do. I guess it depends on, you know, what... What is the price of a Substack? Do you guys have any idea of yes. like? Yeah. So what are you typically seeing? So I can give you because James, Mister Tiny Onion, Jimmy. Gave, oh, you're on a first name basis with him. Yeah, Mister James. If you're nasty, he gave his layout of like seven is the basic intro. Okay. Seven gets you in the door. It goes as high as two hundred and fifty a month, a year. Annual. That's like your it's your legendary intro, your annual. Yeah, and like that gets you six variant covers that are exclusive to the oh, Substack stuff. So you're getting mailed actual stuff. He alludes to that, yeah. Okay, $7 is not for a year. $7 is a month. $7 a month. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's like two different tiers in between there where you get like a little more exclusive content, a little more exclusive content, and then the highest range is 250 bucks. Okay, $7 a month is worth it if you're getting... That's one writer. You're not regularly getting... updated content. Yes, from a from like a singular writer that you like love. Totally. Right. How many writers are you? Do you think you'll subscribe to? You want me to make a list right now of like who I think <laughs> I would subscribe I can, to? I can think on the top of my head if these five comic book writers go, I would be pretty encouraged to follow yeah. them. D- James has to believe that he's on everybody's number one list. As he's he, on my list, as he yeah. claimed, he doubled his. Uh, his wish list of what the numbers th- would be in three hours. In three hours, yeah. Kelly Thompson, 
Al Ewing. Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire. Chip, Zar- Chip Zdarsky. Probably Matt Kent. Cullen Bunn. Donnie Cates. Donnie Cates, yeah. Well. You're getting closer to 10. I don't know. I think Donnie You're Cates. Eight. I don't think Donnie Cates could has time for a substack because he is like Mr. Marvel right now. Yeah. That contract is just lousy with... <laughs> but we're just saying theoretically. Theoretically, yeah, Donny Cates for sure. Um, You know. And those are those are the heavy hitters. You're spending over 50 bucks a month at that point. Plus regular comics you get right. in the store. The other, so this is, this is another thing that kind of... That's sucked. why I only get one OnlyFans. So uh, in the podcast world celebrities are destroying podcasts in our world, the world mm-hmm. of podcasts, which I know you're familiar with because you're on a microphone right now. Right now, currently on a podcast, yeah. And so like celebrities, kind of like us, but maybe a little bigger, mm-hmm. they come into the podcast world and they eat up everything like yeah. and stuff. Somewhat of the same thing here. It's like if you're buying the Substack based on the name, how often, if, 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 let's just imagine a world where it goes to Substack Comics how often are you going to take a risk on, like, new guy, new comic guy? I love this take. I hear podcasters specifically all the time being like fucking Conan O'Brien, the original podcaster. <laughs> it's like who just, just started one recently right. and wins, like, every podcast award because to a he's, lot of people, he's the only podcaster that exists. Right. And, you know, if you're going to go to an interview podcast, comedy podcast, you're starting with his. Or... Uh, Jason Bateman, Will Forte start a podcast instantly. It's like number one. Yeah, exactly right. Um, And guy from Will and Grace that nobody knows his name. (laughs) To me, this seems like some something where you would say, "Okay, I I love Teeny Howard's comics. Mm -hmm. I think she's an excellent writer, but she doesn't perhaps get incredible love across the industry. Like this is a cool way to support someone that you want to see." write more stuff and get more love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, I get it. We know that like comic book writers need more help with like medical expenses and all the shit that the like, oh, the entire hero initiative exists for. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is a way to help someone specifically and directly. And I think that's flipping a switch in my head to be like subscribing to this person is throwing a bone to someone who I want to support in exchange for, like Greg said earlier, musings versus an actual content provider. Like, that's a little different. I would, I feel like I'd almost expect if so many people flock to this thing that at some point I'm paying a singular fee to unlimited access to all of them. Sure. Because I don't think a singular thing is sustainable. Or Sorry, all these individual creators are, are sustainable to me, but then you have the podcast problem wherein all the little guys mm-hmm. can't make it. They're not going to get a cut because there's all these megastars on it. Right. Soon Conan's going to start a substack, and everyone's going to be <laughs> fucked. When, right. when Tiny Onion comes to First Issue Club and says, you want to start a substack, what are you guys going to say? Say, no. What, what, what purpose do we need a substack for? <laughs> we can't write. What would we write? We can barely talk. The written word? All right, let's move on to our next news uh, piece. I think we we, we got that one in the bag. We buried it. My last thought on it is... Oh, you had a take. It's it's a weird... (laughs) Fuck you. It's a weird... (laughs) What a surprise. ...water that we're treading right now. Yeah. Of like wanting to support these artists, but at the same time, I can't afford to support all the artists that I want to. It's like a Patreon that you have to buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. 
I don't know. We'll see. I, I like the shakeup, and I think I'm like 90% like, good job, Jimmy. Or James, sorry. Uh, you did it. <laughs> he goes by Jimmy. <laughs> um, all right. The next next big news, um, if you didn't see, the uh, Tim Drake Batman is bisexual officially, released in Urban Legends number six, which is like an anthology type of DC book. Mm-hmm. And uh, great. Didn't know that. Yeah, uh, if you're under 35, you this is fine. <laughs> if you're under 40, it's fine. If you apparently if you're over 40, this is like a travesty. You're mad. Oh, is, people are exploding. Is that true? People are fuming. They're mad about this. Yeah, for no rhyme or reason. Because it ruined the thing that they love. They were they were it, they were it, big it fu- Nick Drake. It, it, or, it uh, fucked Nick up Rick, their head cannon. Yeah. Okay. For whatever reason, they can't get this past is, Oh, this is their Dumbledore being gay. Right. So they, you're, you're absolutely right. And now they're like, oh, no. Well, okay. One weird thing, though, to be honest, it's a weird way that DC did this because it's like, it's in an anthology mm-hmm. of a book that is like offshoot. Not a lot of prep, just kind of happened. Right. I assume it's canon because it's not an Elseworld and it's not on Black Label. So this is now like the way it is, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't even like a title author writing one of the Batman books. It was on this. So it's like, do you think DC was just dipping their toes in it and seeing like if they liked it or not and where they'd go with it? Uh, I think that's an interesting conversation because do you make a big deal about it as a publisher or do you just write it off as like, this is normal? Like it's a, it's a tough road because obviously you want to show that you're supportive of your IP being this kind of sexual identity, but at the same time, you don't want to come off as like the overbearing mother that is wearing all their rainbow gear at Pride and just like saying, I love my son. Well, this is, it's so funny that we had this conversation, not funny, but interesting that we had this conversation. Last week, we were talking about who's your favorite Robin. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people that saw the headline that Robin is now by Mm -hmm. might be a surprise to them that there's more than one Robin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right that it's like it's right. only one of the many robins <laughs> one of eight thousand i think this is the third robin tim is the third one yeah yes yeah yeah i first when i saw the headline i was like damien's by dang <laughs> he's 11 <laughs> good for him though yeah but uh then i was like oh it's the batman i don't care or the robin i don't care about <laughs> I, I think it's great uh, we've always said that we want more representation in comic books and i mean this is just another one of dc's successes with inclusion over like the way that marvel does it so i I think they did it right i think they'll you know later down the line probably explore it more with different writers but this was like a nice easy intro to uh everyone just like getting acclimated to the new dc wanted this to be the bombshell this week little did they know T. Onion was going to dominate right. the Newsweek. So. <laughs> James Tiny Onion said, no, 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 no. No, 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 I got a surprise for y'all. It's me, 24-7. Okay. Look, I think good for them, though, because this is something that a lot of DC side characters have been queer, mm-hmm. but not a lot of huge mainline characters. And I would throw this Robin into... Oh, for sure. Tim Drake is... A much more major yeah. character category. Absolutely. Than like Poison Ivy, even <laughs> uh, Batgirl. Um, yeah. No, you're right. 
So this is, yeah, this, this gives them another main line. Kudos to DC. We kind of talked about how Pride Month, they definitely won the battle of being better at right. Pride than Marvel. Uh, we got a big another doozy of a, of a news hit, which I would love for you to explain to us. I'm in my comic shop today, and this is the first time hearing about it, and my fellow patrons were lit up. <laughs> they were on one. Really <laughs> on one about... Could you see the red in their face? Yes. I mean, they're... They were talking like multiple people to yes, the comic shop owner about how mad he should be about it. Oh yeah, he seemed like he wasn't too bent out of shape. Yeah, but, he's getting your money either way. <laughs> but the deal essentially is is that um, Walmart sells these kind of grab bag comic bundles, mm-hmm. wherein you get three comics maybe from the big two yeah three or four i think is the bundle and every once in a while they slip like a walmart exclusive variant in there and that's kind of like the zinger (laughs) that like oh man i got a hit if you get one of those okay yeah it's like a blind box yes now every once in a while there has been like hints on the internet that like dang like they accidentally slipped like a valuable book in mine well over the past couple weeks and maybe this is blown up on the internet more by the time this episode comes out. But there have been multiple uh, 1 in 500 ratio comics, 1 in 1,000 ratio comics. Those are all over $100 books. All Yes. All these inc- crazy things showing up in people's uh, bags. The local store, a guy in my shop said he went to go check out and maybe buy a couple bags and every single one of them had been popped open from the top and oh fuck pil- that no 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 <laughs> wait really but, only in Walmart yeah right only in Walmart uh, where they got done looking at the used DVDs and went over to go steal and a, no Walmart associates going to be like don't look in the comic book bags yeah. you know what they don't get paid enough <laughs> they to, do not get paid they get, enough. They get treated like what you were shit. doing <laughs> and those are supposed to be collectibles <laughs> but the thing that people are worked up about is. That one, these comics are traditionally overstock comics that get put in these bundles. Mm-hmm. Now, overstock of ratios are typically printed in case there's an error with an order or something, right? Mm-hmm. You have a comic book shop that has to order 500 copies of a comic book to get this one cover that they can sell for several hundred dollars as kind of a reward for buying so many comics. Yeah. If that comic comes bent, you bet your ass they're going to want another one, right? So they make some extra, the extra that don't get sent out replacing that 500, or the one in 500, get pulped, shredded. It, it, it keeps the integrity and value of those comics, right? Sure, sure. There was an apparently an issue with the distribution and... DC was it or DC and or Marvel specifically maybe I I think this is happening more with Marvel books. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't destroying them. Were, they weren't destroying them and they weren't being quality checked. So so, so Diamond was doing this because Diamond Diamond fills the orders. Yeah. Now we've got retailer exclusive showing up in here, and retailer exclusives. Wait, don't they own the rights to that though? Mean that the retailer is supposed to be the sole provider of these comics. Right. And again, a lot of times in this situation, you're not That's just some a... That's shit. There's a lawsuit on your hands. Yeah. You're not just a retailer or... But sometimes you're you're an artist that buys, a, in quotes, retailer exclusive, saying that I'm committing to buying 1,200 issues of this comic 
and I'm going to get my own cover of it. Yeah. No one else can sell this. It's mine exclusively. Now people at Walmart are getting these <laughs> and they're selling them on eBay for a lot of money, yeah. right? Yeah. And these are the, you know, out of the artist pockets who could be selling these things. These are devaluing potentially. Yeah. They're watering down the market. One in 500 comics that like apparently some uh, Silver Surfer black book like is just like getting like showered on eBay with like how many one in 500s are showing up like just recently and everyone's like well of course yeah well Pe now's your time to go buy that people are finding them on on at walmart's and now you're like well shit if i already paid a butt ton of money for that i'm like damn it <laughs> and again reward for the comic book shops that you're undercutting some shops by mm -hmm. letting some things slip out like that well that's some shit indeed <laughs> i think that <laughs> who's is... the winner here walmart the winner is a random fan who picks it up and gets one. Yeah. It's, I, it's not Walmart because they only make the $10 that this thing is so worth. So this, this is like unbeknownst. Walmart doesn't give a shit. There's nobody at Walmart being like, hoo-hoo. No. No. I mean, I'm sure they either, one, sold out of all these at their, sh at their shops or... Shops. That's how nice of you to call Walmart a shop. <laughs> Conglomerate. At their individual locations. <laughs> or, like in our case... The bags are all ripped open and people are just looking for like $500 comics. So what do they do then? They rip open the bag. If it's there, do they go buy it or do they steal it? Yeah, they probably yeah, they go buy, buy it. it. They buy the $10 bundle and sell it for $400. Or so. you take like the one in 100, the one in 500, and the one in 1,000 that you found, put them all in one bag. If I'm a Walmart manager, I'd take the old guy greeter and say, you now, you're going to watch the bags. If you're a Walmart manager, you got more to worry about than some stupid-ass comic book. <laughs> nah, that's what I'm doing with my time. It's, to me, the story, I'm not really bent out of shape about it. I get the frustration of the retailer incentive things, but this was a mistake, and people can't be sure what they're getting, really. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, this is, they've said this is for sure a mistake. Yes. Okay. So... I kind of love that someone at Walmart got like oh one, one in one thousand. We yeah, have one in one thousand like spawn or like something just like ridiculous. I hope it's like some seven year old kid that was just like, what is this? I'm sure there are some out there that are getting red or thrown in. So a th box. this is a dumb question, but I would plot me in a Walmart. I have no no idea where to go to buy comics. I would have in in that Walmart. The same exact. I know situation. where. <laughs> They're by the self-checkout. Like by the magic cards? Mm-hmm. Okay. And is it that true? That's so is there other yeah. like magazines over there as well? No, it's it's where you get like your fun collectibles. There's those comic book bundles, there's baseball cards, magic cards, Pokemon cards, whatever okay. affiliate they have with any of that stuff, toys or whatever. And then like lunch boxes or whatever, like tins. Okay. There's a video of some guy on eBay who bought like 30 of them. And he just records himself opening each one. And I think he gets like six hits of like great comics. Oh. Like some are like $400 comics. That was me with uh, Sex Criminals. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And, and how many did you hit? Bags. How many did you pop on? <laughs> I bought six. I got zero. <laughs> Our boy Mike D hit one, bought one, hit. And hit, yeah. Yes. The guy even at the comic book store, he said, you don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> he told me. And I was like, yeah, I do. I know someone who got one. Yeah. It's more, it's more than you think. I'm going <laughs> to... He was even trying to tell me not to buy comics. The law of probability is in my favor, sir. 
<laughs> you don't know me. I'm an idiot. Take my money. <laughs> I just should burn this money in front of you. My fucking, my boxes are all messed up now with sex criminals. It's like six of the same book. Um, okay. That was a fun news hit. We did a lot of news. Let's get into the books real quick. We have Capisi. Campisi. 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 Which is the dragon incident, I believe, is the subtitle of it. This is on Aftershock. It is the same author as Kaiju, Kaiju Score, Score, which got... Uh, Optioned. Yeah. And we did like a duo review on it. Really fun book. Yep. And similar kind of premise here, which this author proves that they can do well. In Kaiju Score, it's about a heist in a place where beasts come out of the ocean, like kaiju. Mm-hmm. Here, it's about a mafia running over a town where old dragons live and uh, might come and, like, burn down your village. And so, you know, what? Like, some, like, what's that called? Like, fantastical realism? I don't know. Urban fantasy? Whatever it is. Yeah. It works. It's like uh, finding Forrester with dragons. There we go. <laughs> You're the man now, dragon. You're the man now, dragon. Uh, this, this was actually my pick of the week. I loved this book. Oh, by far. I, I started reading it, and I was like, okay, dragons, cool. And then when we flipped to like, oh, this is a city, and it's modern times, but dragons still like live here, it it wrote itself really well, and it ended with a really cool book report, or a paper Mm -hmm. from a fourth grader on dragons in the world right so this author did a really like funny and fun way of explaining like how dragons kind of still exist in the world but like they're kind of around but not so much right they're like a almost like an endangered species what did you guys kind of feel about the gradual reveal of that i think the comic opens with us thinking dragons don't exist anymore and then it becomes oh one dragon exists and then you're figuring out, uh, you know, there, we saw a dragon in Kansas a few years back. It's not all that crazy. So I liked that because that was a little bit of a flip of expectations. Yeah. Typically, it would have been like, dragons don't exist, but the reader knows that they do. Yeah. Here, it's like, oh, they, yeah, I mean, they kind of exist, but like, and then you find out what you got the reveal of was essentially the war, not really like that mm-hmm. they did exist. And what turns out is that it's going to be a mafia family against the dragons and that they've had like a historical war going on. Yeah, because the dragon in the city is looking for the heir of the like king that killed all the dragons in the long, long time ago. Right. And so now it's just like, yeah, essentially humans versus dragons in this neighborhood. And dragons win. We're, we're going to all see rain of fire. <laughs> we're all we're going to find out. And our hero is kind of the local enforcer. And yeah. His thing is like. He's supposed to keep drug dealers and stuff out of the neighborhood. Yeah. One, so the mob can run their operation. Gotcha. But two, he's kind of truer of heart. So he's like, keep the unregulated uh, jerkwads out of my town that, you know, we can't be sure what kind of decisions they make, who they're going to shoot, who they're going to sell drugs to. And there's a level up of him of like the actual killers of like people, the... The Stray, I think, is one of the names. And so, like, you learn to like this guy and realize that he's a badass. So, good hero development. Yep. And yep. now his stakes have just raised. 
Where, Take care of dragon. Yeah, now he's like, instead of getting rid of drug dealer assholes, now my job is to get rid of a dragon. So, so I'm going to bet on this author. This author is cool. Kaiju score was great. Somebody knew it was, and it got optioned. This yeah. book is fabulous. Yeah. And so this is the type of independent author I hope gets like a lot of uh, of love. Yeah. So They'll probably start a sub stack here pretty soon. Yes. In, indeedy. Uh, this is James, co- James Patrick. We yeah. should learn that name. On the cover, there was some sort of like little logo. Did you guys catch that about Aftershock having had a hundred titles since 2015 or something? Oh yeah, I did catch that. Kind of yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. It, it does seem more and more to me like every couple of weeks there's a new Aftershock number one. They so hit a milestone. Good for them. That's believable. Yeah, way to go, Aftershock. It's also crazy. They came out in 2015. Seems like they've been around forever. It well, and part of me wonders if it's that like the Mandela was like, effect. Maybe they have been around longer, and this was just like, we kind of shifted gears in 2015, and that, we're, that was a fresh start, maybe? No, I think they came around in 2015. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, next book that we have is Defenders. This is an Al Ewing book uh, that stars the Sorcerer Supreme, Doctor Strange himself, and he, the, the premise of this book is he's reading tarot cards and he's, asse- he's assembling uh, a Defenders team. I guess the other premise is that Al Ewing, two years ago, introduced us to uh, a masked bank robber. Mm-hmm. And now that character is getting his own team They're book. finally paying off can Marvel you, 1000. Can you believe how long ago that was? They're referencing all kinds of things that I'm just like, oh, yeah, that? <laughs> What is? Tell me the name of this character that we were supposed to care about again. It's is it the Masked Raider? Yes, the Masked Raider. Yeah. So he's like has this cosmic mask that was made from eternity. Eternity. Yeah. It's like the, like a from cosmic the body being. of eternity. Yeah. And then this is like a, a a mantle that's been passed down over generations. The Masked Raider. Yeah. So uh, they, uh, I was confused at the beginning because there's a lot of setup. There's a there's a lot oh, of setup for this book. Seventy five percent of this book is like this defender who I'll call upon from this inverted tarot card who was a defender as you know. Right. This is very alluring. This is like going fishing with your dad for the first time, and he has to go through the whole spiel of what a fishing pole is, how to string it up, where to put the bait, and then when you actually get to fish, it's a lot of fun. Like right. Once this book gets its legs, it's a lot of fun because they go. To, yes, exactly. So once they like are going to fight, the team seems kind of cool. And they're essentially going to go back to the dawn of time to battle Galactus. And I believe the next title of the book is something. Of, it's a Galactus's it, mom has got it going on. <laughs> Al Ewing's got a funny bone in him. Yeah. A little tiny funny bone. Yeah. They're in the, what did they say? Sixth universe. Yes. Insinuating that Marvel exists in the seventh. This is like the seventh pass through of like the pulse of time. (laughs) So you're seeing the, essentially the creation of Galactus. Yeah. Who, who was the, who was created at the dawn of the seventh existence. Mm -hmm. And so. Which this is some deep, deep Marvel history that we're getting into. Yeah. So we've never, so this was, I think. A first appearance of Galactus's mom predecessor. I'm not sure. Oh, uh, Taya, T A A I A. 
I have no clue. It is. Yeah. The, it's the first appearance of that person, the first cameo appearance of Omnimax, and the first team appearance of this defender. So Masters. Omnimax was like the Galactus figure. Yeah. Correct. And yeah. Taya, I think, is Galactus's mom. Mommy. Oh, that's the therein lies the Stacy's mom has got it going on reference. Because Galactus, if most of the listeners don't know, is a human, but got thrown into the deep recesses of space and his body was contorted and it formed with the universe and machinery and stuff like that and created the Galactus that we know. Right. It's a lot of fucking comic book bullshit. This book is for <laughs> one of two people. Only two people. Okay. Type one. Marvel psychopaths <laughs> like Greg and I. <laughs> I really loved this book. Know the ins and outs of all these like little Marvel things. Right. Person number two. Jack Kirby stoner type. Because <laughs> Javier Rodriguez is amazing. Javier Rodriguez does such a good job at like the cosmic trippy stuff. And mm-hmm. he's got this like wild cartoony style that like he contorts really well. The paneling was incredible. Yeah. Some of the visualizations of things you were just like, wow, like my brain would have never come up with that. Yeah. So it's just a kind of a trip to to flip through. If you're not like a Marvel head case. I don't know how you made heads or tails of this book, especially because it spun out of a book that came out two years ago, mm-hmm. which had two and a half pages of like relevant content to this, but that was also super important. Well, not only that, it references Immortal Hulk with Red Harpy. Yep. Yeah. It references Cloud, who is an entity that hasn't been mentioned in <laughs> fucking five years. Yeah. Silver Surfer Black. Silver, yeah, Silver Surfer's in it. He's not Silver Surfer, Silver, he's not Silver Surfer Black anymore, but he's been going through a whole journey. It's just like the whole reemergence of like Karnak. Yes. In the 2020 Iron Man run. Right. Like, who is this for? But like you said, is yeah. crazy people and stoners. Not the casual reader. <laughs> But to be unless fair, you're just like, whoa, this is the wild equi- Jack Kirby. This is the equivalent of, of the guy who goes to the baseball game with their own pa- paper and pencil and like marks down all of the yes, uh, who does score. the outs and the <laughs> yeah, all that shit. <laughs> this the is hits. that level of Marvel. <laughs> yeah, this is someone who keeps score during mini golf. <laughs> yeah. So uh, those are the books for the week. We on the Patreon, we're going to cover Batman '89. If you didn't know, it's the first appearance of Robin, uh, Batman '89 <laughs> version. <laughs> People, people don't go ham on this book this is this will be no it's a great it's bin. great and come hear about it on the patreon um <laughs> and <one>. yeah <laughs> we don't want to fool them um want to give a shout out to our sponsor mm-hmm. uh boulevard beer bringing you space camper um and other galactus type beers other galactic beer other that'll galactic. send you out of this world <laughs> if you're 21 thanks for always saying that for them yeah, right? we you need to get some ad read. Luckily, <laughs> um, I'm so litigious about all this. And we are... I'm uh, drinking one right now. It's called Star Haze. Space Camper. Ooh, yeah, the Star Haze. How was it? Give us a quick review. We did two comic books. Give us a quick review of Star Haze. Let me give it another supple sip. Yeah. It's ASMR this. Mm. I wouldn't want you to make it up. I mean, the taste is interstellar, if I'd have to say anything. This is a... 6% IPA, 5.9. Oh, baby. Baby. That'll take you to outer space. Not slapping you too upside the noggin. You can still sip her on a hot day, but 
You don't get your buzz on. And that's this is one of the newer ones that just came out. Yeah, this is a more recent. So one. if you are interested, get to the uh, local liquor store, pick you up some because these are a limited release. First Issue Club is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company via Space Camper Cosmic IPA. Our music is courtesy of the fine folks at Primary Color Music. You can find, friend, and follow us on social media at First Issue Club or firstissueclub.com. You can support First Issue Club by joining us on our Patreon for additional content at patreon.com slash firstissueclub. Oh, 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 o